0: At the festivist dinner, you gather your family around and tell them all the ways they have disappointed you over the past year. And is there a tree? No, instead there's a pole. Requires no decoration. I find tinsel distracting. There is the music. Maybe it should be Christmas music or festivist music, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Coolius and Button are back. The Cool Button Uncensored Hockey Podcast, Episode 24. Craigie Boy, are you wearing your pajamas or your long johns? We see (laughs) television. You can't fool us because you're using our material on television. Oh, send them an invoice. How are you, my friend? You look good. I'm
1: I'm good. I was I was going out for a walk and. I had to uh, do, do a little bit of uh, feature television. And, you know, I was telling Jay a little funny story about what my daughter wanted to take a picture. And of course, he wanted to see. And, of course, he's devious. So he wanted to use it for a little segment on a show. But it's all good. I'm going to tell you what, Steve. Yep. Out here in Calgary, World Junior time coming up, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be like minus 35 Celsius. Yeah. Now, the Celsius and Fahrenheit scale meet at minus 40 minus 40 is the same. So if you want to know how like that's minus 35 Celsius is like minus 30 Fahrenheit. Cold boy, cold. Yeah. You need your warm woolies. I so- might be sleeping in them, wearing them, walking around in them. I might never be taking them off over the next two weeks.
0: Well, that's how they freeze the backyard rings at minus 35. They they freeze easily. Well, like what the Fahrenheit guy did, did he, did he get lazy at minus 40? Yeah, yeah. We'll just catch up with the Celsius. You know what? Our scale doesn't make sense anyway. Like there's boils at a hundred freezes at zero. We're so lazy that at minus 40, we'll just copy theirs. It's like a test. You know what? Just, Hey, Hey, the metric guy, we're going to just copy you at minus 40. Is that
1: how it works? I, I think it does. So, uh, so now I got to go back to uh, Mrs. Awanaka. Okay. Yeah. Did did she make you have to do the conversions when you were in math class? Did she ever do the, uh, this the, the fair Celsius to Fahrenheit conversion.
0: We had already converted. The only thing that sticks is weight and height in the imperial system, but the rest of it, we grew up on the metric system. We, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know what, you know, 60 miles an hour is i i know it's 100 kilometers but when we were taught (laughs) i guess i do know (laughs) i guess i do know i guess i do know but when but when they switched the the signs and everything we just followed along jerry we followed along and we only kept height and weight and i guess a little bit of mile per hour conversion but that's only because some of us are you know bright students yeah, really failed the class I do, but anyway
1: I, I do remember in science class uh you know doing the okay here's how you convert and like you know okay that's okay i, I still haven't forgotten that i know how to do it in my head you know i can do it quick and you know my dad my dad used to drill it home to us so celsius double it yeah add 32 and then subtract what you double. so if it's 32 degrees Celsius, double it, six, 64. Keep that 64 in your mind. Add 32, 96, minus 6.4. There you have it, 89.6.
0: That's great. That's, uh, that's you warm. You go
1: check that. You go check that on your little I totally lawn. believe you. I totally
0: <laughs> believe you. Or you can just forget all of it and just say... <laughs> It's 32 degrees and that's flipping hot as Mark <laughs> God, because he it's flipping uh, and we don't swear <laughs> around. Eh, maybe we'll drop something once in a while, but we do it on our own terms, uh, Mr. Craig button and the NHL's doing it on its own terms mm-hmm. with the Christmas break four days instead of three testing on boxing day. If you're healthy, you're in, if you're not, you're out and resuming on the 27th. What do you think of the plan?
1: Well, the the, the plan is one that had you know what's lou lamarillo's line you have a plan for the long term you have a plan for the short term and uh you better be ready to change your plan on a a moment's notice right and i think that the nhl i don't think the nhl like i mean you're going to have to adapt you you, got to be flexible right if you're just going to go straight down go no we're playing on the 27th here's what we're doing and expect that to be the case you know they're hopeful but I've said this, and, and I, I, I'm a broken record, but, I, but it's okay to be a broken record in this case. The NHL and the NHLPA science table, that's where they're getting their advice. They're getting their advice from their medical experts, right? And they're saying, okay, here's what we got to do. They, they postpone games. Listen, this is going to continue through, and hopefully everything gets under control. But in the meantime, we got to be flexible. We got to be nimble, you know? You got to be careful. It's like doing, it's, it's like doing the limbo. You got to be able to, you know, when that bar lowers, you got to be able to get underneath it. And if you can't, you're you're gonna fall. I don't think the NHL and the NHLPA want to fall. I know they don't. That was a big reason, uh, you know, why they just said, hey, we got to do it. They did their own circuit breaker. Is it enough? I don't know if it's gonna be enough. But it's a step. And one thing, and you know it, Steve. There's no way that uh, they're just gonna stop at one thing to to make sure two things. Not the health. And try to make sure they can get a full season. That's the, that's the most important thing.
0: Now, as we've done the show podcast or radio together, you know, I have had a couple of notes from doctors who say, you guys probably don't want to have me on the air talking hockey. And I know when you guys are trying to talk COVID you're, you're, you're doing your best, but, but we don't know. So I, I say, well, what, what do we not know? And Rising tests. There was a tweet that was out in the last 24 hours about rising tests in Quebec, and people say, "Oh my goodness! <clears throat> oh my goodness!" And and Craig, shouldn't there be a correlation between rising tests and then, sadly, if it is deaths, hospitalization, ventilators, and if we're back to where we were two years ago, I get it. I get it. And I, I'm a lame. I'm trying to put it in the layman's terms. But are tests then relevant if people aren't going to the hospital, if people aren't on ventilators? And of course, most importantly, if people aren't dying, we got to be in a better spot than we were two years ago. I know I'm not a doctor, but if the cases go up and there's no residual effects of, of, of a domino of tragedy and, and, and sickness and, and, and fear because we're going to the hospital, am I not sort of right to sit there and say, oh, okay, the, the tests are up, but people aren't running to the hospital. And
1: that's good news. Is it not good news, Craig? You know it is. And, and, and what you're talking about is outcomes. Okay. Yeah. So now, okay, so now, okay, you have it, you, you get to, you test positive. What are the outcomes? Well, we, we've already seen that uh, with, with, with therapies, with vaccines, that the outcomes are less severe. And th- I mean, that's, that's, there's no argument to that. We, we've seen that. Now, th- th- there's other factors that come in. What type of stress does it put on the healthcare systems? We know all that. But But looking at outcomes, and, and I don't, I don't, I don't know if this is a right uh, analogy or whatnot. You have money. You have a hundred dollars in your pocket, right? And you're going, you're going to go and invest it in the uh, in the stock market. Well, if that a hundred dollars becomes fifty dollars, you're going to put another hundred dollars in. No, you're not. Returns, right? But if you get a hundred and now that hundred becomes one hundred fifty, you're going to go. I'm, I'm going to put some more money in there. And the reason I use that, I'm not. It, it's outcomes, and. So an in, in outcome and in investing, it's just smart, right? If I'm getting a if I'm getting a real positive return, I'm going to put more into it. If I'm getting a negative return, I'm not putting more into it. And and, and when you talk about outcomes, that's where we're at with the pandemic, right? If we're getting more, like you, you know, in this case, less like, like less positive outcomes, we need to move away. If we're doing, we got to consider how we move forward. And I think that. I don't, I, I'm not, i i am not ai am not an expert, but I, I talk to people that I, I see as experts and I read and listen to people who I see as experts. Yeah. So i like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just, I, I never say me. I never talk. I talk about here's, here's what I hear. Here's what I understand. And that's what I do. Of course, I'm not going to have the expertise of, of the medical profession, but that being said, going back to the NHL, you know, the, the NFL said, we're not going to test asymptomatic cases. We're not going to do it. They've already made a decision. So you don't think the NHL, Steve or the NBA isn't talking to the NFL and their medical table and saying, how did you go, how did you come to this? What's your what's your data and what's your assessment of this? So
0: you think we're going to be in that direction very soon? Could The difference is those other leagues have no or one or one in baseball. Canadian based teams and we've got the border to deal with and two governments that may or may not look at things, you know, the same way or differently. Could that be troubling for not health? Cause if they think it's important for health, they might shut the borders down and we might have a Canadian division again. Are those options all on the table? When people say you're not going to test asymptomatic players, they think it's barbaric. And I say, okay, well, well, what do you do? Well, I have this job. Are they testing you today? No. So the right of a, of a healthy citizen for the most part, like we're not waking up every morning and everyone is getting tests to find out if they can leave the house. So what's the difference then with a professional athlete? And if you think you're sick with the flu, what do you do? You go to work? No, you stay home anyway. Do you see grandma then? No, you don't. So if you're playing and you're worried, then you don't do the things in society that would spread whatever it is that you had. I like that logic. Others don't. So I feel I'm at a standstill. Uh, Gary and Bill won't be. So when they move forward, will we copy, say, the NFL model? Does that make sense to you?
1: Well, I mean, here's what I would say. It it, it makes sense. And, you know, what, what are the parameters around that? there's been exemptions for traveling across the border, Steve, yeah, <laughs> like, right. you know, the federal governments have made exemptions. Like, let's not, let's be clear here. Okay. You know, when you, you understand, you know, that each jurisdiction, you know, federally and locally, and I talk about provincial and state, you, you know, ha- have different rules and they've, and they've implemented different uh, uh, regulations surrounding the pandemic, but th- those are things you work around and, and and there's no, yeah, there's, there's Canadian teams, I'm talking about just you know asymptomatic people. Like, are you are you going? They want to know. Okay, what does this mean? Because you might have to go in and and extend that and say to the uh, federal officials, "Here's what we know. Here's where we're at." And and to your point, Steve, if we want to test everybody, are teachers being tested every single day? Are teachers being tested every single day? Like you know, like again. What are we trying to do? And, and that's left to, to, to the medical experts. What is the impact of what we're doing? And again, what do we do to mitigate against the risk and try to minimize it to the greatest extent possible? I've said this, and you've said it. The NHL and the NHLPA have been exemplary in their, in their actions since March of 2020. No, There is nobody, that I'll argue this and, and argue it hard, Anybody that wants to say that they haven't done an exemplary job, haven't been paying attention, but it's probably the same people that say, we're looking right back to where we're at March, 2020. They forgot about history. Go to your history. They don't even know short history. Forget about long history. And they're
0: the same people that said, just scrap it and go home. And we handed out two Stanley cups uh, efficiently, safely and, and have moved on. So I'm with you on kind of, it's easy to shut it down when it doesn't affect you when, when you're still getting a check, but when it affects so many other people, you know, as the, the river flows from, yeah, the multimillionaires and billionaires all the way down to people that say, I, I need this gig. I need to be at the rink. I, I, I need to sell the popcorn, the programs, the merchandise. We need that. It's easy when it doesn't affect you. But when it does, and by not putting people at risk and having two kind of bubble cups is an example of what you're saying and, and doing the right thing, which nicely brings us into the Olympics. The NHLPA, at the end of the day, had the puck on their stick. Gary said a deal's a deal. They looked at all the options and the NHL players aren't going and it's disappointing. It's sad. Some people will never get the opportunity again. Maybe a Steve Stamkos is an example. You know, will John Cooper be the coach in four years? Yeah, why not? He, he, he might be or at least on the staff and all that is disappointing. We love best on best. We've talked about the summer series and the Canada cups and the world cups and the Olympics. We could do shows just on the 87 Canada cup or the 2010 Olympics. It is disappointing, but Craig, we both know, it's the right decision, even though, even though it hurts so much, you got to make great calls in life. And I know, you know, that the PA made the right call.
1: Yeah. And, and, and you remember this is in conjunction with the NHL and, you know, at the, Gary at the board of governors meetings was very clear. He said, we've expressed our concerns. This is before the new variant came and reared its ugly head, right? This That was before and so, but he said, Hey, we'll, we'll, well, the players, you know, ultimately, and we respect that. Well, it became, all you had to do was listen after that, after Derry, Connor McDavid spoke, <laughs> Steven yeah. Stamco spoke, you know, Alex Petrangelo spoke, Robin Leonard said, I'm not going, it won't be good for me. So now we reached a point where we're going, uh Oh no, no way. And I think everybody examined it and looked at it and, and as disappointing as it is, you know, the right decision was made because it's not just for health. And not just, you know, what I mean? but also for the business, for the business, Steve, you know, now with the, with the postponements that have happened, now you have a window go, going on in February, wait till you hear one of my grievances. I got two grievances that are really, wait till you hear and you'll come back. Yeah, I got, why well, no, know, I know your <laughs> head up, like, but, but I, you know me, I get worked up, right? I get going yes, and I start going, I'm rigged. <laughs> but one of my grievances, right? Like you, you, you'll hear one of my grievances and, and, and it really drives me crazy, but that's okay. I can deal with it. But the bottom line is, is that the players and and the NHL realize, wait a sec, we want to get a full season in. And having now that break where where the Olympics were inserted in the schedule gives you a lot more flexibility uh, to deal with things first and foremost, health wise, and then with your business. (laughs) And they're not separate and independent. They go together.
0: Yeah. Gary said February 6th to the 22nd is now going to be used to make up at least 50 games. No and, way. And See,
1: no. You're, you, how can I not air my grievances right now? <laughs> <laughs> you're leaving you me do. there. We, you have the pull out. You
0: have the pull out. That's the feats of strength first, then the grievances, my friend, <laughs> then the grievances. So you know what? Why don't we bring out, the the poll for the feats of strength okay (laughs) strength teams and then we'll do some players so And now as Festivus rolls on, we come to the feats of strength. Not the feats of strength. (laughs) Yes, it's time now for the feats of strength. I've got Carolina, Tampa, Colorado, and Vegas. Surprise, surprise as the best four teams in each division. They've shown me the strength so far. Tampa can win with the Fort and Radish and Maroon and Corey Perry, you're in your 30s. You're not in your 20s. Feats of strength by the Tampa Bay Lightning. They don't need 21 and 86 and even when 71 was out, I admire them. I respect them. And how could you not love them? They've shown me feats of strength.
1: Corey Perry's Frank Costanza I'll take you down. I'm taking <laughs> you down. I don't care how, like, I'm taking you down. Isn't it wonderful? Here's the wonderful thing about Corey Perry the enthusiasm he plays with. He plays with, I first saw Corey Perry play when he was 16 years of age. Okay. And, you know, he played with an unbridled enthusiasm and guess what? He still plays with an unbridled enthusiasm. It's just so, you know what players and Steve, you, you hear it all the time. You talk to players, former players, and they all say there's nothing better than playing and they they miss it so much. Right. Like, and when you watch Corey Perry, that's it right there. That's the guy, you know, he he, he's been compensated as he should have been over the course of his career. And now now he's playing at, at, at a stage of his career compensated, you know, where it should be, but that enthusiasm has not waned one little bit. Gotta love it, right? And you think about, did you, uh, no, okay, I nearly asked a dumb question. Uh-oh, <laughs> uh-oh. Grievance. How about, how about that game the other night, Tampa Bay in Las Vegas? Vegas. Oh, uh, how good, I mean, 3-1, you know, looked like Vegas, Vasilevsky's playing this phenomenal game, right? And then Tampa Bay comes out in the third period. No John Cooper behind the bench, you know, you know, working within the group. And they play a third period, and wow, you go, that's winning hockey. That's a winning organization. You know, it's like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, we don't have our coach today. Yeah, we we, we don't have uh, Kucherov. Uh, we we got some challenges, but let's go.
0: <laughs> I know it's cliche, but that's a preview of the Stanley Cup final. You know, if feats of strength are Carolina in a good division, Tampa Bay in a these are great divisions. Colorado, like you mentioned, Colorado, Tampa. Vegas, Carolina, Tampa, Vegas. You know that doesn't say Florida, or Toronto, or Washington can't get there. It's just feats of strength. As good as these teams are, there's some that are a little bit better. You know the margin to win a, an Olympic gold in track and field or in hija. It's that's how tight it is, and. It just is amazing. Like here comes Vegas now, even though they've been banged up and and sick and everything else. And Colorado is just starting to spread their wings. And let's see what they do in the second half. We've got so many legitimate teams that are in the mix If if each division has at least three, three times, three is nine, three times four is 12. Are there really 12 contenders? Do the other sports have 12 that's feats of, of strength of how good some of these teams are and watching Vegas and Tampa the other night, I say to myself, oh boy, I think whatever combination we get, it's not, I don't think we're going to get Montreal, Tampa, you know, or the North Star, sorry. Um, and Pittsburgh, I I think we're going to get, I think we're going to get something special and that's what makes Festivus so great when there's something special to look forward to under the silver pole.
1: I have three grievances now after your last little comment there under your breath. We're just on so feats you know. of strength. <laughs> I'm just, t- I'm just, strength. I, I came into this with maybe not so many grievances, but they're building. <laughs> we're going to extend, we're extended play time. So feats <laughs> of
0: strength on the teams. Are you with okay, me on me all these teams?
1: This. How about this? How about this? How about this? How about a feat of strength? Let's okay. go back. Vegas. Yeah. No Jack Eichel yet. No. And how about a fetus? How about a of strength by Kelly McCrimmon to, to, to be bold, to say, we haven't had a player like that. And, you know, Jack has been skating. He's had the surgery. There was even talk from Bill Guerin that we'll assess, maybe he'll be available for the Olympics. How much better does that, how, wait a second, how much stronger does that make the Vegas Golden Knights as well. Let's not, you know, through this whole thing, Jack Eichel gets lost as we talk about these good teams, right? Like, you know, and I I think that that's really, really important to say, Uh, you, you know, when, when we watch and I'm not so sure that the Washington Capitals, you know, remember the Washington Capitals were rolling along winning president's trophy and they were out, they'll never win. And then they didn't win the president's trophy and they won. I wasn't so sure about the caps. I wasn't so, sh- when I say sure, I'm talking about in that upper echelon. Yep, I think that's a strong team. And you talk about feats of strength. It's all led by their, their, their Russian bear, Alexander Ovechkin. We talked about Corey Perry. How about Alexander Ovechkin? Feats of strength. Oh my God. Like this, like there's no stopping this man. He is an unbelievable player. We, we've already, we already know that. Hey, Thanks, Cap Mobius, telling us that he's a he's an unbelievable. But you watch how he plays. You watch how he even adjusts his game. You know he he used to be a, involved in a lot in contact because he was a big guy. I'm I'm watching now. He's he's not doing unnecessary contact. He's not getting involved in the unnecessary contact. Well, that's that's learning as you go too. And I mean his brilliance and his power. Remember, no Backstrom at the beginning, and then Backstrom comes back and Kuznetsov laughed. Then there was no Bat. They don't miss a beat. I mean, I, I mean, Steve. He's one of the ten best players all time in the NHL. He's going higher. Right? I. I mean, uh, you, you know the top four, and I, I know everybody says or Gretzky, uh, Howe, and uh, Lemieux. They're not moving out of the top four. Well, I'll tell you what. That ninth, that uh, the, the Crosby and Ovechkin might very well end up being five and six when it's all done. Wherever you want to put them. I yeah. mean, that's how great Ovechkin is. That's
0: a great feats of strength. And right now at press time, we have three guys in the 20-goal club. So feats of strength. Will we have zero, one, two, three more 50-goal scores? All three, Dreisaitl, Matthews, and Ovechkin. Feats of strength. Will they be Hawaii 5-0? Over under 50. How many players do you believe in those three
1: to get it done? I, I think all three will get it done. I really do. I, I I I you know you you look at uh, Drysdale. I mean, he's had chances. He he ran into a little bit of a of a spell where he couldn't get the puck in the net, but when you're getting the chances, don't worry. And I'm not betting against Ovi or Matthews. I'm just not sorry, like you know, if, yeah. if they had 15 goals I might not be ready to bet against them, but they don't. And Austin Matthews is heating up and Ovechkin's been going right from game 1. So, I'm going all 3 get to the 50 goal mark.
0: I am as well.
1: And an 82 game schedule. They got to be healthy. 80,
0: yep. yep. They got to be healthy. And the only other guy who's in the club below, I would say, is Kyle Connor. So maybe Connor, but I'm not going to put him in. I don't think you're putting him in. He's close at 18. There's the Jets, there's games, and, you know, all that stuff. But those three feats of strength, we believe it'd be great to have 350 goal scores. That's sexy. Feats of strength, McDavid. The math is 1.69 points per game times 82 is 138.5 FM over or under feats of strength for McDavid at let's say 139. Is
1: he... Me I too. Just, well, Me I too. Me too. I can't bet against him. There's no way. Like I mean, S- Steve, I I I I don't I don't know if I've ever shared this story with you. Connor McDavid was going into his draft here. And so we went, uh, down to Erie, uh, and watched. or maybe it was Saginaw. He was playing in Saginaw and we went to, uh, the game to cover his first game of his always, not his OHL career in his draft year. Okay. So I think he had one assist in the game and, and marking the game. I counted out that he had 19 grade a scoring chances that he had or created and he had one assist. He didn't score and he and, and he 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 ended up with a grade A scoring chance off a defensive zone face off that he won. <laughs> and, and, the, and I remember I was with my my good friend Matt K and we're marking it and you know we we're, we're telling people like he was brilliant and people are looking well, he only had one assist. like let me just tell you how brilliant he was. like you know we're going we had video and everything and all the things. That's what he does every night in the NHL, not 20 but there's 10 and when you're getting that many chances and you know, he's so unbelievably, you know, one of the things I think like, here I am, I'm going to Connor McDavid's going to have a grievance against me. If there's one thing I'd like to see him do a little bit more of, I'd like to see him be a little more selfish, (laughs) like with the puck, with the shoot more, shoot shoot, more. Yeah. And and take the puck more. Like he's so aware. He's so good at setting others up. Right. But let's just go. You know what, like, you know, that old, uh, I got to, I'll tell you a funny Brett Hall story, but uh, just say, wait a sec. I got a better chance than that guy. If I give him the puck, that's, that's not negative. That's just understanding. Brett Hall, Craig Conroy, two on one. They're playing in St. Louis. They're on a two on one. Craig Conroy has the puck looks over to Holly. He goes, he shoots it. So they come back to the bench and Holly's uh, sitting there, takes a sip of his water. He turns to Craig Conroy. And he says, uh, what was your major in uh, college? He goes uh, business. Craig said, "Said you why is he asking me this?" He goes, uh, "Did you do pretty good? Were you were, were you a pretty good student?" He goes, "Well, yeah, I was pretty good." And he's like, "Conroy's like kind of trying to what's where is he going here?" He goes, "Let me just tell you something, kid." He goes, "86 goals, six. Pass me the puck. You couldn't have been that good in math in college." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, th- there was a play last week, uh, McDavid doing his thing, dancing, you know, dipping and diving and centers it to Jesse Pugliarvi, who, you know, who doesn't score. And your example, it, 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 McDavid's like, that's the play. I know maybe if it's Curry or bossy or, you know, then they score and you get but at that point, he's like, uh, maybe I should have taken to the net and gone to the backhand. And I get it because his mind, if he had someone and people say, well, Dreisaitl, well, they're separated together now. The Oilers can't just put them together and hope for the best. Cause you know what happens when those two are on the ice, the Oilers are the best team in the league. When they're not on the ice, they're the worst team. Dave Tippett knows I can't do this. And if, if, if there was, and somebody says, Oh, so you're asking for year, I got something. Someone that's a little higher on the finishing chart, you know, a, a third of Brett Hall, something like that. And Puglia Harvey's come a long way. At one point, he was a prospect. Then he was a suspect. Then they made him a prospect and a player again. I, I know what you mean where he would say, maybe in this case, I fake a Puglia I take it to the net and I score for we, the Oilers. And if he does it a little more, maybe they think, oh, he's keeping it a bit more. So then when he dishes, that play goes in. Cause he's a disher first and I get it. And I know what you mean, a little bit more selfish because he can. And I would also say this is make sure you're in a spot, Connor, that you can, he's improved his shot to be a threat from the top of the circles. Cause when you are the whole world opens up and, and, and that's constructive because he's got 17 goals. Now yeah. I, I, I think he could be in the 20 goal club. Like that, I'm only asking he for three be. more. Right, Craig. So it is interesting as it relates to Connor. Uh, and it's so, so fun to watch.
1: Okay. Uh, I, I know how much you love you. Yeah. In fact, uh, this might be one of your grievances. So, so I'm going to give you a little bit of banner trivia. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Banner trivia up in the, uh, up in the rafters where the Oilers play in their arena, right? Where, uh, wh- how does the banners go? You know how the well, banners go?
0: From Al Hamilton, you mean? Yeah. Right. Well, uh, so we're going by numbers.
1: Well, no, no, I just no, well, Piers up
0: there, Curry's up there, Messier's up
1: there, Gretzky's up there, Curry's next to Gretzky. Yes. It's oh, a, Curry's you're the connection. next to Gretzky. I, I I think I mentioned this in an earlier episode. The 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 penny drop for me. I know there's no more pennies in Canada, but there are in the United States. So like, for people in Canada, if you don't remember what a penny is, ask, uh, ask our friends in the United States. Anyway, I was at an uh, exhibition game this year. And I'm watching, I kind of glance up. I'm watching McDavid at all his brilliance. So I glance up and I see the banner, Gretzky Curry, and uh, the penny drop. And I said, "Ah, oh, that's, that's a big reason why Wayne scored 200 points. <laughs> he had Curry. McDavid doesn't have Curry. He doesn't have, like you said, a third, a half, right? And like that's a big factor. I mean, Wayne, well, I mean, this is, I mean, Wayne and Yeri were great players, but they had each other. They, they don't have that. How many more points would McDavid have? If, it, like, you know this is not a knock against Pascal Dupuis or Chris Kunitz or any of those guys, but like, he hasn't had a Yerry Curry. Mary Lemieux had Kevin Stevens.
0: It's a big difference. It's a big difference, And you could argue if they felt they had something else, they could always play 29 and 97 together and, and they do at times. And that's great. And that's a 50 goal guy. It's a hurt trophy winner, Art Ross and, and all that stuff, but they know it's not what's best for the team because that's what the numbers show and, and, and they've tried it, but it's fun to watch. It's fun to discuss. And also at this time of the year, what is a great, great shot in the arm for hockey fans is the world junior tournament. Craig, we're there right now. What are some of your big storylines going into this tournament? You know, all the teams, all the players, U.S. trying to make it two in a row. We talked to Matty Beniers the other day. There's another Cooley out there. There can only be one Cooley, (laughs) but there's two. And he's so much better than I ever wished I could be. So he's in play. You've got your Bedards and Wrights and everybody else. Maybe some of the, stars but some of the other guys that might surprise that don't they're not the marquee guys who are some guys that might see they're like the setters you win with some of these players my friend
1: well you do you do win with all kinds of different players and let me just say this to you you, you, you've talked about your beer league and talk about the fabulous goals you've scored. Maybe, maybe, maybe the, uh, the coolie at the world junior championships is not as good as you. We don't know yet. We need to see video evidence, GoPro, man, GoPro, you gotta wear a <laughs> GoPro on your, on your, on your helmet. We need to have vision. We need to have video evidence. Anyway. You talk about Maddie Beniers, you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, last year, the U S USA has got a great chance to win the, the world junior gold again. I mean, Canada does, Russia has a real good chance. I mean, Finland don't bet against them. Maddie Beniers, you know what? You, you, we describe players in so many different ways, right? Stephen. And he, and, he's, and sometimes it's just the same thing and everything. But I started thinking about Maddie. I was writing down some notes and, you know, I've watched him for so long I, you know what I said, he's a force field. That's what he is. He's a force field. Because no matter what the situation is, he, he he he's 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 so invested in in a positive outcome for himself, for the team, for others, and it doesn't matter where you put him or who you put him with. He's got this unbelievable force field around him. Seattle Kraken have a terrific player there, and he might not. You know, we we talk about Bedard, or we talk about the sexy players, and, and and there's nothing wrong with that, right? But at the end of the day, Matty Beniers, oh boy, you want him on your team. You want him on your team. You know. I think a couple of points I would make about the tournament, the draft eligible players. Like I mean, the quad. I, I don't think like you know Pronger and Korea played in the '93 World Junior Tournament in Yavla, uh, Sweden. Two and four in the draft. You know, there's four or five at least guys are going to the top ten or playing in this tournament. That's Shane Wright. That's Logan Cooley. That's Joachim Camel. That's Uri Slavkowski. That's Simon Nemich. Oh, wait, I just named five. Oh, wait, Danielle you're off. Wait a second, that's six. <laughs> and there might be there might be a few more, you know. I, like, I, and and they're not here just because they're going to be good in the future. They're good right now. They're good right now. They're going to be, Shane Wright's going to be a big part of Team Canada. And Logan Cooley's going to have a big bite of Team USA. And Joachim Kemmel is going to have a big bite of, uh, of Finland. So these are really, really good players. So, you know, that's very interesting. The star power comes out every year. It does. And, and I, you've heard me say this the glimpse of the future. You want to see what the NHL is going to look like in the future? And it might be as soon as this year's playoffs, like Cole Caulfield or Trevor Zegras coming in and setting, setting the, the, the hockey world ablaze, positively and negatively in some people's mind. So the tournament is so competitive and it's so good, but it's also an unbelievable opportunity to watch the stars of tomorrow. I mean, it's amazing we talk about Connor Bedard as we should. Why don't we talk about Matt Vey Mitchkoff? Natvee Mishkoff led the tournament in scoring last year at the U18. Like, I mean, you want to see a brilliant young player and you want to start getting excited for the 2023 draft? These two players, Bedard and Mishkoff, are going to have lots of opportunity to play for their respective teams. Teams that are in the gold medal hunt. We're not talking about playing down the lineup. Gold medal hunt.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. You got us excited. We can't wait. Craig will be all over it. Uh, Edmonton and Red Deer starting on Boxing Day on TSN in Canada, of course, and NHL Network in the United States. And it's great what the NHL Network has been able to do. Uh, as the United States has improved, 3-3-3, three, three, and three, the last nine World Juniors with Canada, Finland, and the USA. You got us excited, especially about watching the tournament. It's one thing when you watch you know, Maddie Beneers and Seattle's like, okay, let me watch my Maddie Baneers. But the undrafted players that you talk about for this year, next year, that adds an extra little spice around this Christmas time or for us, the festivists, for the rest of us. Now we've had feats of strength. We will end the program with, with the airing of grievances. (laughs) I got a lot of problems with you people. (laughs) Now you're going to hear about it. Yeah, that's right. You've got a lot of them. I'll let you go first because <laughs> you're gonna take us to time. I think you want to air some grievances. You've got problems with you people. Okay, so <laughs> Craig, you you're not happy with someone and someone's uh, plural. Take us, my friend. Go uh, ahead. You're first. Well, I got
1: to because I didn't want to. You know, we talked about the Olympic, like you know the Olympic po- like you know can't NHL players not going to the Olympics, right? We talked about that. Yeah. And then you you, you I think you like you quoted Gary Bettman. We're gonna use that period of time. In, in February to try to reschedule games that, that were postponed and use that time to our best advantage. Right. Yeah. Here's my grievance. How many people, and I'm talking people that are reporting saying, Oh no, no, there's no opportunity in February. Well, wait, no, now the commissioners come out. What are you going to say now? People that think they know that don't know. There's too many people that think they know that know. And I'm talking about people that are reporting on the game drives me crazy. You don't know as much as you think, you know,
0: That's a good grievance. That's grievance number one from Craig. I know you've got more. How about you do grievance number two before I take the poll from you?
1: Drives me crazy. Ready? Post draft people want to grade other teams draft picks the day after the draft. The day after the draft. Are you kidding me? Oh yeah. Talk about a self-serving, unbelievable exercise. Oh, I had the player rated high. Teams took my players high. Therefore, they get a high grade. Players I didn't rate high. Teams uh, uh, took them. They don't get a high grade. Do you think we're all that stupid that we don't know what you're doing? Self-serving exercise? I mean, Shakir Mukhamadoulin, okay, drafted by the New Jersey Devils in the first round. Just, it was unbelievable. People wanted to jump Tommy Fitzgerald and the New Jersey Devils, I think. And, you know, it's like, really? Like, you, you guys know? Like, okay, that's pretty harsh, right? Shaquille McAdoole is going to play in the NHL and be a real good NHL player for a lot of years. And now I'm seeing people like, oh, maybe he's better than I thought. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't be thinking in the first place. <laughs>
0: Shakir and That's just a fun name to say. It's like Bobby Bear. Let's say it together. Shakir Mukhamadoulin. It's a great name to say. Are you doing the
1: broadcast? I'm not trying to take away anything away from Steve and uh, Dave that are doing the broadcast for NHL Network USA games. But I mean, Shakir Mukhamadoulin, like you might be able to get right in there and do the play by play. (laughs) <laughs> my Beautiful. grievance another grievance why isn't steve cooley is doing more play-by-play
0: no 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 that's good that's good okay grievances i uh wasn't really prepared but i made a list of grievances <laughs> and i'm not even going to get to them all uh speaking of play-by-play to the color people men and women shut up when there's a scoring chance like oh my goodness gracious is that why the color guys are now between the benches so the play-by-play guy doesn't give them an elbow, Bob to reach over and hit the mute button. When the puck is gaining the zone and there's a chance, shut up, I'm saying. And I'm saying it to both sexes, like, I could name the play-by-play guy that I'm thinking about that's going, are you kidding me? Shut up. Come on, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. Let them do their thing, and then augment of what's going on as far as the broadcast is concerned so that is constructive criticism it relates to one of my grievances and the zoom i've given up seattle i'd rather listen to the game on the radio than watch a game from seattle the building's good but do i need to see that in the parking lot when i watch the game (laughs) seattle vegas and nashville hello hello vegas you're near five i get seattle they haven't figured it out yet But Nashville, you've been here since 1998, 99. Oh, the camera has a button. So zoom in. That's one of my grievances. And how about this? The language. Okay. I know I'm in the language police. It is a warm up, not warm ups. Alexander Ovechkin is a left winger, not a left wing. And you can play in the world juniors, but when you get sent back to the OHL, you're being sent to junior. So I don't know if it's ignorance or arrogance. That's my grievances. Learn the language. Oh, and hockey gods give Bo Byram some health. I have a grievance with the hockey gods. Give him some good health so he can do the special things that he was born. And I'm a little worried. I hope it all will work out with Mr. Bo Byram.
1: Great, great talent. Great, great talent. Mike Dick assistant coach with team Canada uh, was coaching Bo in uh, Bantam. And I ran into Mike and he said, you, you, you're going to want to see this kid I got. <laughs> and he told me about him. He was playing bad. And because he was playing in Alberta and I knew he was, you, you phone around, oh yeah, he's going to be a high pick in the Western Hockey League draft and everything. So I, I ended up going and watching him play. And I was like, yeah, yeah my, my, Mike Dick has a future in this game. He he, he can spot hockey talent. <laughs> and he coached him and he coached him in Vancouver. Uh, you know, Mike ended up as the coach of the Vancouver Giants, still is, and go to, but I'm with you. Bo and Byram is a special talent. He's a he's a you know you talk, you know I just described Manny Beniers as a force field. Bo Byram's a force field. Yeah. He's exactly the same type of, to you know that personality on the ice with his skills and with his energy. He's a force field, and I'm with you. You know what? Let him be the best he can be. Any other grievances? Yeah. You ended. He he scores, not score. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know. I know. I'm-, I'm almost ready to give up on that one. I mean, Danny and Foster, I'm sorry. I, 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 we're trying here. Like, we're trying. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a work in progress. How about that? It's 104 <laughs> years, but it's a work in progress. Um, we can I know, know there's guide. creativity and there's other ways to skin the cat. I, I, I think if it can be improved, it's one thing. Um, but if it's like Jaws and it's the guy on the chalkboard with the nails and it's like, that, that doesn't sound right. Then it doesn't sound right. So people are saying, boy, those
1: guys have a lot of grievances. Thank God they're perfect. So and listen, I, we only went through a few of our grievances. You know, you and me talk. We got lots of grievances and people want to hear them. If you got a, this could be like a, one of those big, long documentaries that we could do. Ken Burns, <laughs> Stephen, we go through Stephen Craig's long list of grievances. It will be an eight-part series. Uh, yeah, right. And like, you know, one of the things we talk about broadcasters and everything, and, you know, the, the, there's so many good ones, but, you know, I learn all the time. And Jim Fox taught me something the other day. He does the LA Kings games. He talked about a play in the game. And he said, you know, I'll say if it's a missed call, if if in real time, I identify it as what I see as a missed call. But he goes, I'm not going to go and watch a replay and say, oh, by the way, he should have had this if I didn't identify it in real time. And he said, it's a rule he goes by. And I said, that is a really great rule. Because, you know, we want to judge and everything. The officials don't get a chance to look at it and go, oh, yeah, you're right. I missed that. I get to call it again. And as a broadcaster, you know, you're listening, I'm listening, and there's terrific broadcasters out there. Some of the things we have grievances about, but we also learn. And I just wanted to say that, that like the other day, you know, I learned something new, and I'm going to apply that rule. If I see it, and I can say, hey, missed." but if I go and look at a replay, well, no kidding, <laughs> no kidding, it's easy to say missed it.
0: Yeah, the replay is like looking at the draft afterwards. Let's go do the 03 draft and find out why the Rangers took Hugh Jessiman. Oh, come on. Uh, you know what I mean? I love Jimmy Fox, and he's great. He doesn't talk over his guys, and he's worked uh, with w- one legend, and he's uh, bringing his new partner up very, very well. So, hey, hey, we're having fun with it. It's a lot of fun. It's really Christmas and New Year and everything else. Craig, I love you like a brother. I'm glad that we're doing this. My Christmas present this year is when you said, let's do this and have some fun. And then we brought Bruce Broy e. in, Bruce Bolton, and it's been a lot of fun. Whether we're acting on the feats of strength or whether we're airing our grievances, all in good fun, Merry Christmas, my friend. I love you. This has been great. And it's really just the beginning.
1: It is, and it has been great. Let me tell you. You know, the holiday season—it's it, it, about friendship, family, love, and and giving. And you know, uh, uh, whatever gifts you get, I get a gift every day. I get a gift of friendship and kinship with you, and it's something that I I never take for granted. And it's something that I think is special. And for everybody that listens, you know, uh, you know, people ask me, where does Steve get his energy? He gets a good night's sleep. He, he, he has good nutrition. He exercises. And when the eyes open, he's ready to go. I love it. And to have Bruce a part of this, couldn't be happier. Merry yeah. Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Guess what the next episode will be? After 20. day one of the World Juniors.
0: <laughs> Can't wait. 24 in the books. 25 on Monday. Take care, everybody. Be good. Be safe. Be well. Until you pin me, George, Festivus is not over.
1: Oh, please, somebody stop this!
0: Let's rumble! I think you take him, Georgie. Come on, be sensible. Stop crying and fight your father. Ow! Ow, oh, I got! This is the best Festivus ever!